This is Dr. Jimmy Nichols, equine nutritionist. On this podcast, we will explore unique cases, debunk popular myths, and break down advanced research data. Join me for a little fun, a lot of science, and some real-world advice for feeding horses. Hey everyone, it is Dr. Jimmy. Welcome to episode 101. Today's episode is going to be a continuation of the forage series, and I'm going to be focusing on alfalfa. Now, full disclosure, I didn't think it was completely necessary to reinvent the wheel, so this will actually be a replay of the very first Feed Room Chemist episode that I ever did. I figured it would probably be better for you guys as a listener to have the alfalfa episode planted right next to these other forage episodes um, that I just completed rather than making you scroll back over two years worth of stuff to find it. Now, I am pretty sure that the audio was not the greatest in my earlier episodes. And if I remember right, I think that my cell phone actually started ringing in the middle of my very first recording. So be forewarned, uh, it may not be the most polished episode that I have ever put out, but I think the information will certainly be of value. Don't forget, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Dr. Jimmy, equine nutritionist, or you can type in my handle, which is at Dr. Jimmy. That's at D-R-J-Y-M-E. And if you happen to have a little time to spare, it would make my day if you would please leave me a review of this podcast, either on Facebook or on your podcasting app. All right, without further ado, let's get into a replay of the very first ever episode of Feed Room Chemist. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Jimmy. Welcome to the pilot episode of uh, the Feed Room Chemist, an equine nutrition podcast. I really decided that maybe it would be best if I started recording via podcast um, some of the articles and blogs uh, that I typically will write. Uh, I thought it would be fun to maybe share some stories, uh, maybe a little bit of some case study action and just kind of visit with you guys about the things that I do on a day-to-day basis and, um, you know, the decisions that I make from a nutrition standpoint when it comes to caring for advanced equine athletes um, and also senior horses and backyard companions. So what better place to start than alfalfa? You know, I think that single word um, is more polarizing than almost anything else. It seems like when you bring up alfalfa, people either absolutely love it, they must have it, they feed it, they love it, uh, or they run the opposite direction. Um, And it really is kind of funny to be um, in different areas of the country and different geographies and, and watch that happen. You know, there are some places where it's an absolute staple and every horse on the place is going to get alfalfa. And then there are other places of, uh, within the country that, you know, alfalfa doesn't come within a 20 mile radius of, of the farm or the ranch. So, um, I just kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit and explain, um, you know, where alfalfa fits and where alfalfa should be avoided. So, um, Let's let's first start with what alfalfa is. So if you think about forage, um, it really can be divided into two categories, either grasses or legumes. 
Um, grass hay species are typically, um, you know, the ones that are fed to horses would typically be like Timothy, orchard grass, you know, Bermuda grass, coastal. Um, and then your, your common legumes are going to be clovers and alfalfa. And so relative to one another, um, grass hays are going to be lower in your protein. Grass hay is going to be lower in calories. And grass hay is going to require a little bit more effort by the digestive tract in order to um, be able to pull out or extract or utilize nutrition. So in contrast, um, alfalfa is going to be a little bit more concentrated in your protein. It's going to have more calories. Uh, and it's also easier for the horse to digest. So it means that it's easier for that horse to really pull out and utilize the nutrition that's in it. So if you if you keep those two um, factors or those categories in mind, that'll help you um, and that'll help guide your decision as to when you should use alfalfa and when you should use grass. So let's talk about where you would use alfalfa. Um, I typically like to implement alfalfa into the diet of young growing horses and lactating mares. So those two groups of horses have the highest requirement for protein, highest requirement for amino acids, and highest requirement for calories. And as I mentioned earlier, alfalfa has all of those things. So it's a really um, good, easy tool to use in the diet of those horses, especially if you don't want to push a ton of grain um, into those horses. Uh, if you want to get back to kind of the more natural um, way that a horse is designed to eat and the way that their digestive uh, tract is, is designed to work optimally, uh, which is with more forage, uh, that's, that's where you can really benefit from alfalfa um, leaning there for your calories, protein, amino acids. Um, another place that alfalfa is really handy are for your hard keepers. So those horses that just don't keep weight on the way that you like would like them to, uh, those horses can typically benefit from some alfalfa in the diet. Senior horses are another group that um, alfalfa is really good for. So a lot of times people don't realize, but as horses age, their ability to uh, break down and digest proteins decreases. And alfalfa has a really good amino acid profile, a really good um, protein content. So feeding alfalfa to senior horses can help them hold their weight, help them kind of keep their top line and help keep their muscle tone, um, of course, along with, you know, normal um, exercise and turnout time and, and all of the other good things that you need to do for a senior horse. Another good place to use alfalfa would be in horses that are in a really high intense training program. Um, you know, so sometimes you, you might have a horse that uh, in their earlier years, uh, maybe just kind of light training, they might have been on a grass hay diet. And then you move them into a more intense training program, or maybe you hit the road with them. And um... okay, I'm back. Rookie mistake. I forgot to put my phone on silence. And of course, there was someone trying to call me right in the middle of me trying to record this podcast. So 
back to what I was saying. Um, if you've got a horse that um, you are moving into a high intense um, training program, they're going to need more calories. They're going to need more amino acids. They're going to need more protein. So, um, you know, they may have done really well on a grass diet for the first part of their life, but now moving into this new, more advanced stage of training and competing and hauling, um, they're going to need a little bit more nutrition. So that's a really good time to introduce a little bit of alfalfa to the diet as well. Um, I do want to point out that um, when I say introduce alfalfa to the diet, I don't mean that you have to go 100% alfalfa or feed, you know, an, uh, a total alfalfa only diet. Um, like I said, alfalfa, um, especially if you've got good quality alfalfa, it's going to be pretty um, jam packed as far as nutrition content goes. So if you do feed a 100% alfalfa diet, you are going to for sure be oversupplying many, many nutrients, um, which is a drain on your wallet. And it's also taxing on the horse's body to have to process all of that extra protein um, and, you know, convert it to urea and excrete it in the urine. Um, that All of that extra uh, urea in the urine will then cause a lot more ammonia in your barns, in your stalls, it'll cause the horses to have to urinate more, which means that you, or if you're lucky enough to have um, a crew of helpers, uh, they are going to be picking stalls a lot more often. You're going to have a lot uh, more wet shavings that you're going to have to clean, uh, a lot more replaced shavings. So as you can see, it, it can turn into a lot of extra cost that maybe you didn't think about. So what I typically recommend is if you're going to introduce alfalfa into the diet, um, do about 50% alfalfa, 50% grass hay. So if you are buying um, pure alfalfa, then you would just feed half the amount of feed as alfalfa and the other half of the amount of feed as grass hay. Um, there are other parts of the country, there are parts of the country where um, people will actually intercede their fields with grass and alfalfa. And so you can um, find places where you can actually buy uh, bales of hay that are essentially 50% alfalfa and 50% grass hay. Um, and then, of course, there are variations of that, you know, um, as those alfalfa fields mature, et cetera, you know, good good hay um, farmers and harvesters will um, have a pretty good idea, you know, whether you're dealing with, whether, whether their product is, you know, 50-50 or maybe it's 25% alfalfa, 75% grass hay, uh, or vice versa. But they can certainly walk you through that. So then let's move into, you know, alfalfa, um, when you'd want to avoid feeding alfalfa. Um, you certainly don't want to feed alfalfa when you are feeding horses that are really easy keepers or, you know, those horses that have a tendency to become a little bit overweight or kind of pack on those extra pounds. Um, Again, you know, alfalfa is high in nutrition, so those horses don't need all of that extra easy-to-digest nutrition. Um, in fact, if you do <laughs> feed alfalfa to, to those horses, you could actually cause them um, to move into a metabolic condition. You know, you could actually... Um, 
cause obesity for one, and then you could actually cue them into kind of an an insulin resistant state, which would be sort of like type two diabetes in humans. So, you know, overeating excess calories and keeping horses in an overweight condition um, is not healthy for them. And we're seeing more and more horses being pushed um, into those metabolic situations and conditions because of their owners keeping them in an extreme overnutrition state. Um, another time that you would not necessarily want to feed um, a lot of alfalfa is if you have a bleeder. So when I say a bleeder, what I mean is a horse that is dealing with exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage, uh, or EIPH. So the common term for those horses is bleeders, and that's because uh, when they run, the capillaries in their lungs actually um, break or or burst that that thin lining that separates the airway and the blood vessels or the capillaries ruptures and the blood then moves into the lungs and causes those horses um, to have extreme difficulty in breathing and um, in in most cases of bleeding you cannot see anything external happening uh, but in very severe or very advanced cases those horses will actually bleed out their nose. Uh, so, you know, if, if you've got a horse that you see having little droplets of blood coming out of their nostrils, uh, that means that they have had a bleeding episode. That's uh, an indication that they probably have been a bleeder for quite some time, and they now have moved into a very advanced stage of that. So why do I say don't um, offer alfalfa to bleeders? The reason there is... Um, as I had mentioned earlier, the um, alfalfa is, is very high in protein. And if you provide excess protein in the diet, the body has to convert that protein into urea. And urea then has to be excreted in the urine and, and some in the feces. Particularly if you have a stalled horse and that horse is being subjected to those excess levels of ammonia. Um, they are breathing that in, and that constant, uh, uh, that ammonia being breathed in constantly can cause irritation within the respiratory tract. When you have irritation within the respiratory like that, you're going to get uh, low-grade inflammation. You're going to weaken those um, the barriers that separate the the blood capillaries and and the airway. So. Um, you know, if you want those horses to have the cleanest, freshest air possible, you do not want them to be breathing in ammonia, whether that's in the trailer or whether that's in a stall. So I do want to point out there that the root cause of that is the excess protein in the diet. It's not alfalfa itself. And so just remember that excess protein can come from also from unnecessary amounts of grain and from supplements. So, you know, if you do have a bleeder, make sure that you work with an equine nutritionist to evaluate how much total protein you're putting into that horse's diet and make sure that you're not oversupplying, um, especially if your horse is spending a lot of time in the trailer being hauled or if your horse is living in a stalled environment. So let's talk about just a few general rules. Um, one common mistake that people make when they um, uh, when they're dealing with horses that tie up. Okay. So when I say tying up, I'm talking about PSSM or 
a muscle condition where the the muscles um, have a difficult time processing glucose. And those horses will have episodes where their muscles become very tight, very rigid. They can't move. They don't want to move. Um, They may almost look like they're colicking in terms of they may break out into a sweat. Uh, They may have some, some obvious signs of discomfort. So typically uh, what's going on there is those horses are not able to process sugar. And the mistake that I see people make is they will um, put those horses on, they'll turn them out on grass pasture or they'll put them on grass hay and they'll completely avoid alfalfa. Well, grass pasture is one of the highest, has one of the highest concentrations of sugars. So if you if you have a horse that ties up or has PSSM, polysaccharide storage myopathy is, is the name for that uh, condition. If you have a horse that, that has that condition, do not keep them out on green grass or lush pastures. Um, if that is your only option, invest in a grazing muzzle or invest in a few panels that you can section off and keep them in a dry lot situation, at least for uh, part of the day. So green grass is is very high in sugar, so certainly try to avoid that with, with your horses that have a tendency to, to tie up. Uh, grass hay, actually. So if you go to Equianalytical and you pull the averages for sugar content in grass hays and you compare that to the averages for alfalfa, grass hay is actually, on average, higher in sugar content than alfalfa is. Now, the uh, I, I want to note that that is going to be region-specific, that's going to be species-specific, and that's also going to be heavily dependent upon the time that the hay was harvested. So a late-cut or a mature-cut grass hay is going to be lower in sugars. Um, I see a lot of hay analysis. Um, I'm located in Oklahoma. I do a lot of work with horses in Texas and Oklahoma. And um, most of the horses that are on grass hay are being fed uh, Bermuda grass or coastal Bermuda uh, grass type hay. And I would say that the majority of those grass hays are somewhat uh, late cut or a little bit mature when they were cut. And if you have a Bermuda grass hay that's a little bit more mature when it was cut, your sugar content's going to be pretty low. Now, when I work with horses in, say, Colorado or Nebraska or South Dakota or Montana, you'll see um, different species of grass. You know, you'll see more timothies and, and orchard grasses. And uh, just because of the cooler uh, climates up there and the timing of the year in which you have to get hay harvested, um, you'll see a lot more um, earlier harvested grass hays, and you'll see a much, much higher sugar content in those grass hays. So you can't just say grass hay is high or low in sugar. Uh, You really have to understand when it was harvested. But the absolute definitive way to know what the sugar content is, is to just simply send it off and have it tested. Um, So the lab that I like to use is Equa Analytical. They're out of Ithaca, New York. Um, you can go to, I think it's equa-analytical.com. Um, you, they will send you a, a packet. You can sample your hay, send it off to them. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's, you know, less than $30. Uh, you can have a pretty detailed report on what your hay is testing. Um, 
as far as the full nutrient profile along with the sugar content. So back to the original point, if you're dealing with a horse that has PSSM or a horse that ties up, uh, you definitely want to make sure that you're managing their sugar content. And most people only go to the grain and and they try to figure out what the starch and sugar content or the total NSC or non-structural carbohydrate content is on that grain. And they completely overlook all of the sugar that is um, potentially coming from, from their hay. So I encourage you to have your hay tested. Uh, if you don't want to do it yourself, um, many local extension agents are happy to come out and test and have that hay sampled for you as well. Um, another place where you should not feed alfalfa are to those horses that are not being ridden very often or not being ridden at all. Um, and the reason for that is just because grass hay is going to be better aligned with what their nutritional needs are. Um, you know, a horse that's basically just um, hanging out in the backyard or being a companion or maybe only getting ridden one or two, maybe three days a week, just very casually, uh, they don't have very high nutrient requirements. They would be closer to what we call maintenance um, as far as their nutrition requirements. And alfalfa is going to supply a lot more energy, a lot more calories. Um, and more more of everything than those horses need. And so you could actually end up with a horse that has a lot more excitability than you want uh, when you go out to ride that one or two evenings a week, or you could run into um, an obesity situation where you're causing that horse to become overweight, which could then lead to other medical conditions. Um, another thing though that I would like to point out is, is alfalfa is a good alternative to grain. Um, if you don't want to feed a grain to add calories um, or protein to the diet, alfalfa is a great option. Um, the only thing you want to make sure that you keep in mind with that is alfalfa will not provide adequate trace mineral support. So alfalfa will cover your protein, your calories, It'll cover your amino acids, um, but it's not going to provide your trace minerals. So think about uh, copper, zinc, manganese, cobalt, you know, those, those minerals that are required in very, very, very small amounts um, are not going to be included in alfalfa at high enough levels. And that, that is for even for horses at maintenance and most certainly for performance horses um, and growing horses. So in those situations, if you want to avoid um, using grain or using a concentrate of any kind, and you're going to rely on alfalfa um, as your nutrition source, I just recommend looking for a diet balancer um, to go ahead and, and feed with that. Um, the one that I like best is a pelleted supplement. It's a diet balancer called uh, 101 Diet Balancer. It's made by Stride Animal Health. Um, it does a really good job of going in there and, and balancing out uh, the gaps or the holes that alfalfa or grass haze would have. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Feed Room Chemist. If you like what you hear, be sure to share with your friends, post to social media, or give us a review. And as Winston Churchill used to say, no hour of life is wasted that is spent in the saddle. So go saddle up.